0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing? Welcome back to my podcast. This is gonna be episode two of 2020. I hope everybody's doing good, blessed, uplifted. If not, I hope you get there, because life's too short. So this podcast that I'm gonna be doing today is going to be about knowing your rights. When I was searching for Researching this topic to, uh, to give you all, I figured, why not do something that enlightens people? And I know sometimes, you know, when we're, you know, doing podcasts and, and we're giving things, you know, to the public, sometimes we can give information thinking that everyone knows this topic already or everyone should be well-versed. And I wanted to come to you with a different perspective as if someone was hearing this podcast for the first time and they were learning about their rights for the first time. Now, you may be thinking, you know, you're a U.S. citizen, you know, people should know this. There are people who do know know their rights as a U.S. citizen and they know way, way, way more than me. But my thing is, is to be not um, a know-it-all, but to give this information to you as if you didn't know it because some people need to know the basics of being a US citizen. And there are some people out there who really don't know. They don't know, you know, about their rights and they don't know that the rights that they have and they don't know, you know, what each state holds. And, you know, some people probably have never opened up the constitution, you know, of the United States. So I hope that you enjoy this podcast and I hope that you are inspired uh by it. Um. So without further ado, let's uh dig in. So the topic of this podcast is titled Know Your Rights. And before, before I really start off, you know what I'm saying, like in the right direction, um, I want to add that we all have a right to vote and it is a privilege. It is a privilege as a U.S. citizen. I don't care if you've been naturalized in the United States of America from a different country. I don't care if you... Um, you know, uh, got your your U.S. citizenship. However, if you are a U.S. citizen, having a right to vote is is a privilege, and it's one that a lot of people do take take lightly until it's taken away. You know, our voices matter. If you are over the age of eighteen, you have a right to go and register to vote. And really, as a U.S. citizen, you know, um, and according to the U.S. that USA. dot website, you are allowed to pre-register actually in some states. I didn't know this, but you are allowed to pre-register to vote. Um, If you go to the website and click on, you know, like voters registration, going by the age requirements, there's really a list of all states that has what age you have to be in order to register to vote. There are some states that will allow you to pre-register to vote. And when you turn 18, which is something else that I just found out, is that uh, you automatically become registered on your 18th birthday to vote. So if you pre-register, you don't have to go back to register it automatically enroll you. Um, if you want to find out more about, you know, things like this and what your state requirements are, just go to USA.gov or visit your local, you know, Department of Motor, Vehicle, Department of Motor Vehicles. They should have more information for you. Um, and I'm just going to list a few examples of what states have pre pre uh pre-registration and what that entitles. So the state of Alaska. Alaska says on their site that you have to be 18 uh to register, or you have to be within 90 days of your 18th birthday to register, which I think that's fantastic. Okay, the state of California, you must be 18 or older to vote on election day. Uh you can pre-register to vote at 16 or 17 years old. And it has a a caveat statement that you will be automatically enrolled to vote on your 18th birthday. So that's the state of California, the state of Florida. You must be 16 years old to pre-register and 18 by the election date or before the election date to actually vote. Um, Now that you guys know about all this information, um, there's information on every state. Some states have it, some states don't. Um, how do you go and rock the vote? You can go online at usaa.gov to fill out forms to go register to vote, or you can print them out and fill them out legibly and turn them into your uh, nearest DMV or whatever your state's process is. Um, if you do uh, get the one that you have to print out and fill out, I do say write legibly. And if you are not that confident in your handwriting, I would advise you to uh, type it and print it as they have that option registering to vote is also good but every state has a deadline every state has a deadline to where you have to register to vote before a certain date in in order to be uh legally registered to vote in this in the upcoming election so every state has that i'm not sure you know for every state like i said i'm not a g wiz on every state's requirements um uh, you would have to go to your DMV or your you know, usa.gov, or find out some information, um, you know, uh, legally uh, for your state. Every state is different. Um, yeah, so uh, all this information is wonderful, but like I said, uh, if you're not registered to vote by the deadline, you won't be able to vote in the upcoming election. And if you do not do it in time or your your birthday f- falls after or on a weird date, you can just vote in the next election, uh, which is, you know, not, not bad. So, but... The important thing is that you just go register to vote. Um as US citizens, like I said, we have we have rights and we are entitled to these rights. And when our rights are violated, whoever is on offensive end is the one who not only violates our rights, but they actually are violating the Constitution of the United States of America. A lot of people don't see it that way, but it really is. As US citizens the Constitution states specific things when people, when law enforcement, when, when hospitals, when human beings, when we as human beings violate other people's rights, you know, as U.S. citizens and as people, really, uh, we are violating the Constitution of the United States. And that's something to think about when you really think about it in that capacity, um, that, you know, these are the grounds that we stand on um, being on American soil. And these are the violations, you know, that that are are done to us when we are violated. So knowing your rights is very important. Um, the Constitution originally had 10 amendments, uh, which was the first uh, 10, amend- 10 amendments of the Constitution of the United States was is the Bill of Rights. Um, the rest of the amendments to include the first 10 makes up the 27 amendments to the Constitution of the United States of America. There are some that even now to this day are looking to be amended. Sometimes those get passed. Sometimes those get rejected. Um, there has not always been twenty-seven uh, amendments. The last amendments were passed and approved around the year nineteen ninety-two. Uh, nineteen ninety-two, um, and there were a few uh, states, thirteen states, that approved, uh, got together and said, "Hey, you know, we're going to break away from." you know, the British colony, things like that, and the 13 states that were, that signed together an agreement to come up with the, the Constitution of the United States is, uh, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, whoop, whoop, hey, I'm a New York girl, uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, and Georgia, um, These amendments really came at a dire time when we, as a people, needed to be protected. And this is what the Constitution of the United States is. is, It's protection for us as citizens. Um, When we need to see change, what do we do? We need to make our voices heard. And this is one of the reasons why registering to vote is so important. And not only is registering to vote important, it's important to know um, what's going on, like, in your state Um, It does no good to be angry, upset, or needing to see change, but nothing's being done about it. You can be angry. You can be upset. Uh, You cannot like what a politician is doing. You cannot like what a mayor or governor is doing. But really, who are you or who am I to complain about who it is that's in office and what it is that they're doing when you don't even go vote? Like A lot of people... May think that the only time you go out and vote is for the president and the vice president. No, that's not true. You can go out and vote for these people who who hold office and who, um, say that they're gonna promise us X, Y, and Z for each state, in each city, in in each county. And sometimes these needs are not being met, and sometimes there are the the expectations are exceeded, but um. You would never know if you don't go out and vote and follow your your uh congressman and congresswoman, you know, on social media to see what, what it is that they're doing. Um, there is nothing really that we can do about the lies and deceit of people who promise one thing but never live up to um, what it is that they're doing once they vote in the office. Now, it may always seem this way, but there are times when people get into office and sometimes even with the best research, even with the best uh plan to move forward with in passing laws, sometimes the bills and petition and things like that get rejected, you know, at the House. And it doesn't mean that they broke their promises. It's just that the thing about being a US citizen is that a lot of times we vote on bills being passed. We vote on new laws. And sometimes that vote Gets a pass and it, sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't mean that politicians don't care. It just means that sometimes they're doing the best that they can. Um, like I said before, don't just complain about what is being done that is wrong or what is not being done, but become the change that you want to see. A lot of times we, we get mad at people who are in these high places and positions of change. And we look, we look to them to make these change, but really, We must be the change that we want to see. We can't always rely on other people to always wear the cape and to always live in a glass house because that's not reality and that's not real. You know, if you first want to see change within the community, you got to look at yourself and say, what am I doing to not only vote for a person who I think is going to hold the office down correctly, but what am I doing and what are the changes that I need to make within myself? you know what I'm saying, to to better my community. And you don't have to impact the world on a global scale. You can do as little as, you know, when school starts, you know, uh, start a fundraiser on like the GoFundMe page and... You know, raise money to buy kids backpacks for the people in your community that, that are low-income uh, households and, and give them school supplies. You can do stuff like that. You can do anything. Anything you put your mind to that you can do in your community. You know, host a community uh, barbecue cookout once a year, you know, and and, and bring your community community together and and make it as a family and make it as one. There's little things that can impact the community in a great way. You know, you may not be that person on that global scale, but God may give you some type of insight to help people where you're at. You know, you may not have a million dollars, but you may have a hundred dollars. You know, and sometimes that $100 is used more than a person who's a millionaire who goes in and, and wastes money on whatever they waste money on. So that that $100 could do more for a community than what uh, some people on a global scale promise to do but never do. Um, be the change that you want to see. Uh, and not only be the change that you want to see, if you feel like you're the only one that's that's doing things, so be it. You know, we must, we must have great patience with ourselves and with people. And change comes at a price. And sometimes change takes a while. If you look at history, um, sometimes change really honestly comes at a price of death. And changes come after one passes on. You know what I'm saying? And look at Dr. Martin Luther King. He was killed stand up for rights. look at Malcolm X look at Rosa Parks look at you know Emmett Till's mother who uh did not leave, she didn't live to see her book published but she told her story in the most authentic way possible and she was very honest from a mother's perspective in her own words she didn't live to see her passion come to life on a global scale but she had other people in her corner who finished her book after she passed and published it and she told her story that way, and I even read that book, um, and it just, it opened your eyes from her perspective and what had happened, um, if you don't know, Emmett Till, um, was a, he, I believe he was killed when he was 13 years old, he was murdered by, um, or, uh, by, uh, racist white people, um, back in, uh, the, I think early 60s, early 70s, something like that, and, um, he was killed, he was murdered, um, I guess they said that he had whistled at, uh, you know, white woman, and he was he was killed and, you know, beaten and shot and thrown in the river. And like they tied some type of uh, heavy duty industry fan around his neck and and, like submerged him underwater. So he pretty much suffered, you know, before he died. And this is some of the things that as African-Americans that, you know, we've experienced back in the days um, physically uh, dealing with racism. And she didn't live to see that book come to fruition, but she was able to tell her son's story and then she was able to tell her story and give what strengthened her, you know, which was God and leaning on the strength of her mother. So things like that, you know, telling your story, being an agent of change, sometimes, you know, that price of impacting people on a global scale really can come at a great price. And if you really are passionate about what you're doing, you have to realize that, you have to weigh the options of, is this something that God has called you to do? Because if, it, if he has in, you know, uh, whatever price you're, you, you are going to pay, you have to make sure that you're willing to pay it. And that's a lot of sacrifices um, that you have to do. Or, I'm sorry, that's, you know, that's a lot of sacrifices that you have to make. Uh, like I said, you know, we have to have patience. And that's all right. We have to have patience with ourselves, you know, with the system because things don't happen overnight, you know, just because, you know, a politician says say we're going to pass this bill um, to see if it get passed or rejected. That may take a year or two. It may take three years. So doing what's right for the right reasons, you're going to have to have patience because there are going to be times where you're going to want to quit in the middle of, of the process of standing up for yourself, of standing up for other people, of seeing change happen, Uh, Sometimes change will happen until after, uh, you know, after a while. And this is why it's good to instill those around you, you know, your dreams and your goals and your visions, you know, just in case, you know, not to not to sound like a Debbie Downer, but just in case you don't live to to see your dreams and and things come to fruition. Make sure you have a team around you that understands your dreams and understand your goals and your visions. That way, God forbid, if something happened to you. They know how to pass the torch and take the torch and, and to continue on with your dream, with your vision, things that you wanted to see happen in your community um, on whatever scale it, it is, you know, and it's just something that they can pass on, and something that God has given you that can be carried on you know after you're gone. Change also can come from a lot of pain. You know, there are many movements and laws passed in the United States due to unfair treatment, discrimination, things like that. You know, there are some people now who are in offices that we don't even know that they're in and it's it's because things have, have happened to them. You know, there's things that's been done and they've they've experienced, you know, life and injustice and because they've experienced this, they're like, you know what, I want to take this this pain and this hurt and this, this unfair treatment, you know, whether it's a, you know, a woman or a man or, or against a child, um, they, they take that and they, they, they manifest it into something positive, whether it be, um, speaking engagements that, that they, uh, they host to tell people their story, to encourage others. It's, it could be, they may run for office because they feel like, you know, when they got suited up with their lawyer and when they, they try to, um, express their rights and, and express uh, that they needed justice and they needed to be vindicated, things like that legally, you know. Um, maybe they weren't represented right. Maybe they feel like they can help someone who may be going through the same thing that they have went through and they can help them overcome it in a positive way because maybe they didn't, they didn't know a lot. So there are times where changes come from a lot of pain and that's okay, you know. You don't have to be bitter about it. You don't have to harbor unforgiveness. You can move forward with what it is that you have and the knowledge that you have and you can start educating other people because it may feel like there should be other people out there who know but there honestly there may not be a lot of people who know the the things that you've gone through it it may be someone if you tell your story and you tell you know what you did what was wrong you know what you did that was right what worked what didn't you know where you felt at where other people failed you someone may go through a similar sh- situation five years down the road and they may remember your story and they, re- they may remember the the key points that you pointed out and it may help them in the long run. So sometimes your pain is used for good if you if you allow it. Um, but in the meantime, you know, like I you was know, stating before, um, who can hear our voices? You know, who's going to hear us if we don't ever speak up? This is why we have senators, we have congressmen, we have congresswomen, you know, where we can write. To them our concerns, like you can honestly sit out and type a letter, you can handwrite a letter, and you can mail these letters off to your congresswoman, your congressmen, your senators, and it may not get to them right away, but it may take a while, but these are some of the avenues that we can express our concerns respectfully, you know, and if you didn 't know there's um There's a how can I say there's there's a particular format that you have to write when you're addressing your senators and your congressmen and your congresswomen. There's a there's a certain way that you have to um, type out your letter or write out your letter um, to your congressman. You can't just write dear you know first name last name. It has to be very professional. It has to be very detailed. And this is how. Um, you respectfully write your concerns, you know, don't, don't put no curse words in it, you know, be professional, you know, try to, um, spell out things if you can, but there is a format and you can find that on, on the website, uh, usa, usa.gov or, um, senate.gov to, uh, look up the formats of how you format a letter to write to your, to write to the people in certain offices, um, Another thing that I want to put is that um, no one can tell you how to feel. You have a right to your freedom of expression and how to feel. So when you're writing out your concerns, you may feel like, man, they're probably not going to want to hear me. They're probably not going to want to um, take this seriously. But honestly, if you feel a certain way, write it. Because I guarantee you that you may feel weird about how you feel. You may feel weird about expressing yourself. You may be thinking that you're the only one. I guarantee you, you are not the only one that is feeling a certain way, about a certain situation, about your town, about your your state. There's other people that feel that way. But now because you know what to do, you know, who to write, who to email, who to call to figure out who your congressman or your senator is, you have more knowledge and you can do more with your knowledge by expressing yourself respectfully. And if there's one thing that I've learned, honestly, in my life is, is that no one really has the right to tell you how to feel and when to feel. You know, we're human beings. Uh, we can't control our emotions. We can't control how we react. But sometimes we can't always control how we feel about certain things. And that's okay. That's that's the human part of us. That's us being humble. And, you know, and even if it wasn't, you know, in people's intent to make you feel a certain way, you know, they should not, you know, honestly brush it off as nothing. But, you know, you you have a right to feel, you know, the way you do. And, you know, that's that. When we voice voice our concerns, we need to make sure that we are doing our research and making sure that our resources are credible before we bring these matters to you know the attention of you know the governor, the congressman, and the congresswoman. you know you want to make sure that when you're writing these letters of concerns, you want to to uh to make sure that the information that you're researching is credible you want to make sure that the information that you're providing is accurate because you don't want them to look at, you know, something that you wrote that's a concern that either is incorrect or is probably already in in uh in the works. So that's another reason why you can, you know, go online Look, look online and see who is you know, your congressman, your congresswoman, your senator for your state, and you know, follow them on social media. Do research on you know, what they're doing in your state, your city, and you can honestly see how um, our taxpayer dollars are being spent. You know this this is this is why we put people in the office because they say that they're gonna take care of us, and these are some of the things that we are entitled to. We are entitled to know what it is that they're doing with our money, and if they're not being open and honest, you know that's another question that you can bring up you know what it is that you're doing you know do do we see fully what it is that you're using the taxpayer dollars for you know um Know what they are up to when you follow them on social media. Like, for instance, for, for, for uh, me, I'm a resident of Florida, so my, um, my uh, senator is uh, Rick Scott, and I follow him on social media. You know, find out who um, who is your senator in your state and follow them. See what it is that they're up to. See what it is that they're doing and know who you voted for. And if you haven't voted, um, follow them and, and see who voted and see why. You know, see what they're up to. See the things that they're doing in the community. Um... You know, and not only is my, you know, Senator of the state of Florida, Rick Scott, currently, you know, my congresswoman is uh Kathy Castor. You know, I, I also follow her on social media. Um, and these are the things that we need to be doing because not only did we vote, there are other people who are voted for these people in office. And it's good to 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 know what it is that they're doing. It's good to know what what it is that they're up to and to, to see what it is that they're doing in our community, not just for the states, for the cities too. you know, school fundings, you know, our teachers going to get a pay raise, stuff like that. Um, some of the websites that you can link into are, like I said before, uh, Senate dot gov, that's S-E-N-A-T-E egovernor gov, USA uh, gov and uh, Congress dot gov. Uh, research these websites, browse around, look up, you know, some great information. There's always great information out there. Let me tell you, there is so much information on these websites. I, it It will blow your mind. You can also follow, you know, what laws and bills were passed and you can actually see what bills were passed successfully and what bills were rejected. There were a few bills that I looked online that have been rejected recently um, for things like funding for certain situations and certain, you know, housing projects that got rejected. You know, um, they were they would rather use the money in other places um, and all of these bills being passed affects how. Money is being spent on us and our taxpayer dollars, and what rules are in place, and what type of housing we get, you know, et cetera. And seeing how your money is spent is is extremely important. You know, I want to know how my money is being spent. You know, why, you know, what all, you know, is my money is being taxed? What it is, what it is being used for? And if you go on these websites, you know, you can you can see that you can see what it is that they're doing, what it is that they're not doing. Um. You can just type in bills that are passed and they'll tell you what bills were passed successfully. They can tell you what what bills were rejected. Um, and, it, and it's very interesting to see, like, it, it's a lot of information out there, you know, that, uh, that you can find. So now that you know all about who may be a congressman, who may be a senator, who may be a congresswoman... Um, what are the amendments in? what do they mean? What, what, what does the 27, uh, amendments of the constitution mean? Um, and ex- one of the examples I have on here is car searches, right? If you're driving in the United States of America and you're driving a car, um, what do you do when the cops ask you, uh, let me see your ID, right? Do you know what to do when you're stopped by a police officer in the vehicle and, uh, do you know what to do if they ask to search something. You know, uh this does not include driving on government property because that's a that's a different uh entity. If you drive on any government uh property or military installation, uh you really waive your right your right coming onto the installation and you actually are subject to be searched and that's one of the uh signs that are posted before you uh enter any government property, military installation. So that's that that's a side that what can a police ask for and what can they ask for id so if you are driving a vehicle and if you are traveling by plane or commercial travel yes police officers have a right to ask you for your id um but you still do also have the right to ask you know if they start saying things like uh get out of the car or you know we need to search you still have a right to ask you know what it is that they're searching um because the basic minimum is uh showing the id card uh for that um normally on a day-to-day basis without being a a suspect in a crime which is a reasonable search due to possible criminal criminal activity Um, meaning the police got a phone call or they got a a dispatch saying that um, a particular vehicle make a model license plate a person looks of this stature if you fit that description then yes they have a right to search your vehicle Still asking and and you have you have to show them your i d if you fit the description, but on a normal day to day basis, police cannot detain you just for not showing i d card unless you are in a state that has now get this a stop and identify law this was these were laws that were passed years ago, and there are a few states that has. A stop and identify if this state has a stop and identify that was passed successfully a law then you must uh, if, a, if even if you're walking or even if you're driving a your car um, you must show your ID card to any uh, law enforcement that asks for your ID um, if you are on parole like you've been locked up and you've been released um, you must show your ID and can be legally searched for anything because you are on parole um, Still, Your house is still private property, but it also depends on criminal activity and if they have a warrant to specifically search certain areas. So that would be something in detail that you would have to go into as well. Um, But you can ask the police um, why you are being detained. Um, If you are unsure, just ask you know, ask the police, say, uh, am I being uh detained or am I free to go? If they say, uh, you are free to go, then if it's not a stop and identify, you don't have to show them your ID. You can just leave. Right. But if it's a stop and identify, you have to show them your ID card. Um, IDs, identification is typically needed and, um, mandatory when you're traveling commercial into other countries and driving a vehicle. Like I stated before, and along with your passport, passports are mandatory now, uh, traveling internationally, things like that. So what are some of the states that has a stop and identify uh, law? Right. I'm going to read off some of them. The first state is Alabama. Alabama has a stop and identify. Arizona, Arkansas, I think they how you pronounce it, Colorado, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Virginia, and Washington State. Um, and then, oh, to caveat Washington State, it does not have the law passed. But it, in my research, it did say that some of their counties does have a stop and identify. So, for as of as of my research, um, it didn't have the law for the state, but some counties do have a stop and identify. I don't know how that flew, but okay. Um, and there's an example that I researched uh, in a case versus a uh, Hailbell versus the 6th Judicial District Court of Nevada. So in 2004, uh, the court ruled that those states that do not have a Stop and Identify statute cannot arrest someone solely based on not providing identification. Um, if you are in a state that has a Stop and Identify uh, statute, uh, you must show ID when asked. If not, it can lead to a possible arrest. But um when police officers, sheriffs, etc. violate your right uh to not identify or self incriminate, then they are violating your fourth and, and fourth and fifth amendment rights. So in the case against uh Hillbill versus the sixth judicial uh, district court of Nevada, um what happened was was uh Mr. Hillbill uh was stopped. His car, his pickup truck looked very similar to a pickup truck that was, uh, dispatched over, uh, the police radios. And when the police officer was walking up to his vehicle, him and his daughter, um, from the story that I researched, were standing outside the vehicle. Uh, Mr. Hillbill was smoking a cigarette, I believe is what the story said. And as the police officer was approaching, uh, Mr. Hillbill's truck on the back, it looked like, um, what is, what is called, um, burnout marks so the police officer you know police officers what they do is is you know a lot of times they are very, very observant they they um as they're walking to your vehicle sometimes they can try to pre pre put situations t- together like in their head like they're they're um they're pre-identifying certain um things that were already in place so the police officer basically said that his car fit the description he fit the description of the the male figure that was dispatched um over there, uh. Police videos. So in the officer's mind, he really thought that this was the person that fit the description of there was a dom- domestic dispute. The uh, male suspect, I guess, um, violently beat up his girlfriend and she was battered and he, I guess, flew the scene. So I guess the girl called the police and they, um, they, uh, how can I say it? They took down the information and they put a warrant out for his arrest. So, because he fit the description, and like I said before, you know if there's possible criminal activity and you fit the description, you have to show your i d card because they're trying to not harass you but they're trying to um they're trying to see if you you are the suspect, and this is why they asked for i d so according to uh the information um the police officer said that you know he fit the description the the car looked like he. Fled a scene because it had burnout marks. So, in the, in the police officer's mind, you know, this was the guy, and not only that, he was standing with a uh, female. But according to the research that I did, the female was his ended up being his daughter. So, I'm not too sure exactly how all that played out in court. But that that is a a um a court case that you can research and you can look up to see what what were the the issues behind that. And eventually, uh, Nevada ended up. Um, they tried to pass a stop and identify law uh in arizona tried to do that and uh, not Arizona, but Nevada tried to pass a stop and identify law um but it got rejected and they tried to do it I think around the time of this case but because they tried to justify um this situation uh that law didn't get passed in in the state the in Nevada. So, that was that situation. Now, uh, car searches. Police cannot search the trun- trunk of your car unless they have a warrant to search your vehicle specifically. Now, if you've never seen a warrant, um, all warrants need to be specific, meaning they have to be, uh, for one, a, wa- a warrant to search. You know, it has to have the name of the vehicle, it has to have the license plate, it has to have the owner of the vehicle. Um, It has to fit the description. Like, it has to be down to a T. Um uh to be effective now there there are some warrants that probably are not filled out completely but if you've ever seen a blink warrant um you'll know that it's very very detailed on what exactly needs to be searched if something has a serial number it has to be written down who whoever is going to um hold the warrant to to uh submit it to say hey we have a, a warrant for your, you know, your arrest to search your vehicle, yada, yada, yada. That person has to be on there to uh, be held accountable for a chain of custody. Uh, and it has to be specific down to a T. Um, and then I'll leave you with another example. Um, when it comes to, uh, I would say, like destroying another person's reputation, as far as like knowing your rights, like defamation of character, you know, people, um, you actually have a right to sue them. You you have a right to sue uh, tabloids, you know, um, people who spread gossip about you. Uh, the it's it's it really is a thing. Um, you have this a right. You have this right according to the First Amendment. Um, we do have freedom of press, which is kind of weird. It it's 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 always been a battle since day one since the media. Um, we have freedom of press and what we say, but really what we can't do is we can't really call people by exact names. We can't ruin their reputations and things like that. And if this this is something that's happening to you, if this is something that is that you're dealing with, whether it be, uh, like say coworkers, you're in college, you're at a workplace, you're, it doesn't matter where you work, uh, you have this right uh, and, and especially depending on, you know, what, what the allegations of anything that's falsified, anything that's made false claims against you, things like that. Like you, you have this right, you know, as a U.S. citizen that people can't just go out and just say, you know, whatever it is, is, a uh, that's, that's, that's based on lies. You know, this is why, um, there are some celebrities that you see, in the media you may think that they're they're crazy or you know they're they're try to be high famous but there are a lot of celebrities who try to sue the tabloids because things that they say about them in their family is is sometimes not true and that that's hard, you know, you can't just go around and ruin people's reputation. So I'm gonna read a few of the amendments that were in accordance with some of the examples I gave, right? So the example I gave about uh reputation, right? Um the first amendment Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a readdress of grievances, right? So that's the First Amendment. But that also entails that um, people cannot uh, go out and and, uh, falsely State things against you, okay amendment number two a well regulated militia being a necess necessary necessary being necessary necessary sorry to the security of the free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be a fringe meaning with the United States of America, unless there is some type of psychological reason things like that you can you can bear arms, but some states you do need a license to like open carry things like that, so always keep that in mind. Um, the fourth amendment, it states the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched in the person's or things to be seized that goes in with, uh, search warrants and car and car searches. If they want to search like your trunk, like if they have a warrant, like it has to be specific and it has to be, um, uh, beyond a, reason, a reasonable doubt, things like that. Uh, amendment number five. No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of grand jury, except in cases arising in land or naval forces or in the militia, when in actual service in time of war a public danger, nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself meaning you can't self incriminate nor be deprived of life liberty or property meaning if you are in jail they cannot um they shouldn't be um how can i say it deny you basic necessities uh basic uh food and in and, and, and hygiene things like that without due process of law or no, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation right Amendment number 6. In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law, and to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him, and to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel, for his defense, meaning he have a right to a lawyer, right to an attorney. So things like this that we should know. So let me scroll down and, and let's see what else we have here. Okay. Uh, Amendment number 10. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved for states respectively and to the people. Let's see, let's do Let's do the last last amendment. Okay, um, amendment number twenty-seven. It says, No law varying the compensation for services of the senators and representatives shall take effect until the election of representatives shall be intervened. So if you've never, and that last was passed in 1992. So there are so many amendments to the Constitution of, of the United States, right? And these are things that um, we honestly should know. And like I said, I'm not a scholar. I'm not a lawyer. Like, I don't know these things in and out. But these are the basic rights as human beings. These are things that we should know. We should know the Constitution of the United States, um, which includes the Bill of rights, we should know um women 's rights, we should know who to vote for, we should know how to register to vote things, things like that there's so much information out there for us to to gather you know um and i 'm not saying that everybody should be a lawyer, but I do feel that as um as u s citizens that it is our our responsibility to know the law of our land, okay. We shouldn't always have to depend on a, on a lawyer or a senator to tell us what our rights are. We have rights, and and nowadays we have access to so much information out there. We have libraries with free internet. We have. We have Starbucks that has, like, free Internet and, and free Wi-Fi. We, we have uh books available online for us to read, things that are free. You know, if you can't afford to go buy a book, you know, go to the library, uh check out a book. Check out, I'm sure they have, you know, it the Constitution of the United States published. Or you can go, you know, like on Amazon. You know, to read the basic law of the lands, go on the Internet, go, go on these websites and, and research and, and know what what laws are being passed in your state. Know what you have the right to do and what not to do. You know, these things may save you uh, in the long run. You know, you may come into a situation where you have to know your rights, you know, and it doesn't it doesn't matter, you know, who you are, where you're from. You know, when you're confronting with situations to where you, you sometimes it's it's a matter of life or death, if you don't know your rights, you know, it's, it's going to come in handy to where it's going to save you. Um, so I, I hope that you guys were informed. Like I said, I'm not a lawyer, you know, I'm not a scholar, but, um, I do know basic rights and I I do know my rights as a U.S. citizen. And it's, it's a privilege to be able to, to tell you guys this. And it's, it's a privilege to get this information out, out there, uh, to you all. And I hope that you take this and I hope you run with it. You know, I hope you, you know, um, figure out, you know, whatever state you're in. I help you figure out, you know, who your senators are, your congressmen are, your congresswoman, you know, who you're going to vote for if you're registered to vote, you know, and if you've successfully registered to vote because you may register to vote, um, you know, even when you get your driver's license, you know, that's probably like, probably the only guaranteed way that you can also register to vote um, is when you get your driver's license, they do ask you, do you want to register to vote then and there? And that's another way that you can do it because I know that's what I did when I got my driver's license. But if you're, you know, doing the outside of your driver's license and you want to register to vote, sometimes, you know, papers get lost, you know, things get stolen, things get misplaced. So always go check up on, you know, in a system to see if you're registered to vote, because when you actually register to vote, you get a card, um, uh, with a, uh, series of, of, uh, it's like a little code on there that, that it's registered for you and you only. Um, if you look that up online, it'll tell you which state you're registered to vote in and things like that and, and whatnot. So I pray that, you know, this, this podcast was a blessing to you. I hope it was an eye opener. Um, like I said, I hope you take it and run with it. And it's not my intent to try to, you know, talk down to you, but sometimes we have to, break things down to the basic form of knowledge and getting information out there because like I said you would think that a lot of people if not all people know certain things but there are people who actually don't know they don't know they they're not uh I don't want to say raised well but you know sometimes you know when people are in school they don't pay attention to to school they don't pay attention to history and the lessons that are being taught but I think that these are like really honestly the basic necessities as U.S. citizens that we we need to abide by, you know, and that's that's what are, what are our rights as citizens. What do we have a right to do? What do we have a right not to do? What in, in whatever we have a right to do, what is the proper way to go about getting in contact with your congressmen and your senators and your governor's how is what is the proper form what, what do you call you know him or her you know their their uh state title and things like that there's a certain way that you address these people so and and these are just things that you can learn online you know uh that you can look up and uh like i said before uh i pray that this podcast was great information for you i hope it's an eye opener i hope you take it around with it and i hope you got out of it what um I intended to, to give to you. So until next time, um, next month on the 15th of uh, March, I'll be publishing another podcast. So stay tuned for that. Y'all all have a great day. Take care. Bye.